Okay, people, welcome to Ask the Arb Microcast. Helping homeowners, developers, and architects get your planning back on track by demystifying tree surveys. Your host is Matt Harmsworth, so sit back and relax and let us help you get your planning back on track. Hi folks, how are we doing today? Matt Harmsworth here, host of the Ask the Arb podcast, where we try and bring just a little bit of clarity to uh, to all things trees. Um, do do me a favour, if you like the kind of content that we are putting out, then please do kind of subscribe and share to the podcast. It does make a huge difference to getting the word out. So let's get on with it. Today, I want to talk about tree-related subsidence or subsidence, depending on your uh, phraseology, uh, and why it keeps coming up. And this is off the back of a refresher training course that uh, I attended that the Arboricultural Association put on a few weeks back now. And to be honest, it made me think back to just how much these situations keep, uh, keep cropping up. I've noticed a substantial uplift in subsidence related tree questions in the last month or so, most likely linked to the summer uh, or the summer that we're going into now, but we'll come on to that shortly. So in terms of subsidence, I'm only going to talk about in relation to trees I'm not a structural engineer and I kind of can't offer any professional guidance in that area what I can say is that for trees to be implicated in subsidence they need to be located on a shrinkable clay and by that I mean one that holds water through the autumn and winter and dries out in the spring thus the soil density changes if you're the owner of a tree that's been implicated as a causal effect in subsidence, then the first you might hear about it is a letter from your neighbour's insurers, and sometimes these letters can be quite threatening. The implication being that the action required of you is to remove the trees and this will make the problem go away. Um, but should you do this? Well, first off, I would suggest that you commission your own tree report, your own arboricultural report, because you need to make sure that you've got your own base of evidence and opinion before making any decisions that could potentially affect your ability to reasonably enjoy the use of your land. So there is a few things we need to know to assess the situation. First off, is it a soil clay? Uh, is the soil clay? Secondly, how deep are the foundations? Many older houses, particularly in the London area, had sh quite shallow foundations, but since 1986 the issue of shallow foundations is better understood and the National House Building Council has issued uh, guidance for, for building on um, shrinkable, uh, shrinkable soils. We need to know about the species, um, we need to know about the growth stage of the trees, different trees have different water demands. Um, has it plateaued yet? Is the tree species known for causing subsidence? Some are implicated more often than others uh, when, when you review the claims, uh, claims history. How far away is the tree from the property? The closer it is, the more the, uh, the potential risk. What's the tree's management history? Has the tree been managed um, in, in the past to reduce water demand? Uh, has, has it been, you know, has the, has the pollarding regime lapsed? And once we've got that information, we can compare that with published guidance and, and formulate a strategy. Now, it may be that your site will require level monitoring, uh, whereas a bare minimum movement in the building is monitored each year to see if the cracks are opening and closing and then thus implicating the tree as the trees take moisture from the soil. I mean London clay for instance is the highest uh, subsidence risk category when you look at those um, claim samples and that kind of ties in with what we see weekly and where these um, 
where these inquiries are coming from. Various types of trees have different water demands and these have been categorised by the NHBC and that must be considered when we're doing the reporting. The Subsidence Claims Advisory Board have published data that shows the minimum distance from property uh, for certain tree species together with the maximum root spread recorded. Now given this data is now mature, if the local authority for instance has planted a tree with a high water demand close to your property, um, then with the referring to the published guidance that kind of strengthens the case for, uh, for removal. But by the same token, if your house was built before 1986, it's probably got shallow foundations um, and if the, uh, if, the, if the tree is implicated, then it may not be as foreseeable as it would be today. So the industry, the ARB industry, has adopted the position that um, there shouldn't be indiscriminate pruning of trees uh, in case their growth could lead to subsidence. Individual circumstances are paramount um, and the interaction of each tree in the building should kind of be considered on its own merits as part of the, part of the general care of the tree. So the default tends to be that the tree is kind of innocent until proven guilty um, and that can be quite a long process to uh, to. to to prove. So if you've received a letter through the post implicating your trees in subsidence, um, then don't react straight away. Take time, stop, breathe uh, before you decide on a course of action. So that's been quite a long one. Um, hopefully that's useful. I've kind of barely scratched the surface on this, um, but remember trees first, not last.